0: welcome to the spiritual leadership podcast with pastor paul chapel pastor of lancaster baptist church and founder and president of west coast baptist college thanks for joining with me today on today's spiritual leadership podcast i am so thankful for spiritual leaders across the country with a passion for god for souls and the local church i just finished preaching in the college chapel here at west coast baptist college and we're doing our part to try to train another generation of servant leaders who will come join our ranks and help us to reach our nation with the gospel. Well we had some good questions come in since our last podcast and I thought we'd take a minute right now to just address some of those questions and and hopefully share some insight. First question says how do you confront a staff member who's not performing in a certain area or displaying a right attitude? And uh, you know That's a common issue in secular and sacred work Uh, within the ministry. We often see uh, folks that are struggling in their productivity uh, and sometimes in their attitude. And and I want to quantify that really to me, those are two different categories. When someone's struggling with productivity, my first question is, how did I fail them? What can I do to better equip them? Uh, Is there an area where I can mentor them in soul winning or administration or communication? Uh, Is there a class I can send them to? And so I normally start by saying to them, you know, it seems that you're struggling in this area a bit. And I wanted to just share a book with you that helped me a lot. Or can I take you and show you how I do it? Uh, That's normally the first approach with someone who's underperforming. The second approach is maybe a little more serious to sit down and say, you know, you're you're still struggling a bit in classroom management or it seems like you're struggling with visitation of your class and uh, so here's, here's an assignment I want to give to you. And I'll give them an assignment to read or to watch someone else uh, or to uh, perhaps make certain numbers of visits and then to report back to me at a specified time. Uh, now, after this second meeting, if those deadlines are not met or if there's just uh, either an insubordination, a lack of will, or just uh, no work ethic, uh, we have another meeting where it's documented. And at that time, uh, I'll, I'll maybe say something like, I'm, I'm struggling to sense what the problem is here. I, I certainly want God's best for you. But uh, if we don't see a certain period of change, I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering if this is gonna work. Now I've rarely said that uh, in 30 years of pastoring, but I'm always willing to say it because uh, we want to steward what God's given to us and we want people to find the right spot as well. But let me also say that along the way of dealing with these things, make sure you're filled with grace, maybe writing a note of encouragement, maybe giving a certificate for this man and his wife to have dinner and just love them along the way. So that's how I deal with production issues. If it's an attitude issue, that's quite different. If someone is possessing a sarcastic or critical spirit, uh, I'm gonna deal with that scripturally. Uh, I'm gonna open the Word of God and speak to them uh, about uh, the subjects of respect. I'm gonna speak to them about the subject of spirit, uh, uh, how that uh, God blesses men in the Word of God who possess the right spirit, whether that's the spirit of a Joshua or a Daniel and just try to help them understand that uh, alti- attitude determines altitude and they're gonna limit their own ministry. I see a lot of good men like this. I see, I see a lot of young men in our uh, Bible believing churches just entering into the ministry that, that are doing some newer things with a tender spirit and I see some that are doing some newer things with just a caustic critical spirit. And I always say this, what will really make the difference in the end is someone's spirit. If, if you have a, as a staff member or even a pastor just an attitude that everyone else is dumb and the last generation is stupid or um, you know just a critical attitude, it will really hurt your ministry. And I don't want that spirit in our ministry. Uh, we want a spirit of unity and love and I believe that's what the Holy Spirit brings. So I'm a little quicker to deal with those issues and uh, I would encourage you to do the same. The next question says, what would be a biblical way for me as a staff member to lovingly present truths about grace-filled leadership to my pastor who can be difficult to approach? Uh, so I commend you for uh, having the guts to send in the question. And uh, of course you didn't sign the letter, but uh, no, you signed it. Uh, but the fact is that God uses a lot of different kinds of men. Um, I, I've grown up around preachers all my life. and. I'll be honest with you. There's some I just like to hang with, and there's some that they don't encourage my spirit either. Uh, the difference in this case is you—you you don't have a choice. I mean, if you're working with this pastor, uh, you have really one of two choices. One is to lovingly support him. The other is to find somewhere else to serve. But I want to tell you this: um, most pastors are not uh, as harsh uh, as you might sense. In other words. Pastors have temperaments, they have, um, they have trials, they have burdens that, that sometimes you may not be aware of. So I don't know that I would try to talk to him about his attitude or his lack of being grace-filled as much as I would encourage you to model it before him, uh, to, to really have a tender, sweet spirit. Um, now, I will say this, if a pastor, I don't care if it's me or any other pastor, speaks in a caustic, unkind way or demeaning way and it grieves your spirit. You as a brother in Christ have the right to go to Him in the spirit of love and restoration and just tell Him, you know, uh, this happened and it's just something that I'm struggling with. Most pastors, again, are gonna they're gonna either apologize or gonna say, boy, I didn't mean it that way. I would say there's a very small number of pastor-staff relationships that can't be uh, res- restored in the spirit and so, Uh, I I would say go to a pastor when there has been maybe a violation of something that's quenched you. Uh, Don't be the guy that's doing that every week. Believe me, that'll get old. Yes, but you can go. But if it's more of a personality thing, uh, that's probably why it's good that you're there. Uh, for, For example, um, I don't have the gift of mercy. Some of my staff or family might tell you that. Um, but I, I can be a very merciful man, an extremely patient man, I believe, and a generous man. But when I am those things, it's because of the Holy Spirit. It's not because of me. Um, I have a man on my staff, Jerry Furso. He's a mercy shower. It's just his spiritual gift. Well, we make a good team. And, uh, and what I'm saying is maybe God brought you where you are to kind of balance some of those things but always be respectful to the office of the pastor. And uh, and and yes, you can go to him if there's a problem that you've been maybe hurt, but otherwise uh, just pray and love him and encourage him. Uh, that would be my, my best counsel to you. Uh, there might be a book that you read or some article you come across and, and you could share that. I don't think that would be offensive, but those are a few of my best thoughts along uh, along those lines. And then finally, what are some ways uh, to promote revival services to your church? Uh, you know, we do probably some of the same things everyone else does. We do church-wide emails. We've created videos uh, that speak about revival and we show them a few weeks in advance. Uh, we have teams who make phone calls to inactive members inviting them to the revival. Uh, we, we make calls during the revival encouraging people to come out. And of course, we have uh, A few months before the revival, a little prayer tent made where we ask people to remember to pray for revival. Uh, So those are a few things. We don't advertise revival in the community much. It's really more for our church family. But uh, we uh, we do encourage and really contact every member to be present at the revival. Well, if you have questions, let me encourage you to send them to QA at LancasterBaptist.org qa at lancasterbaptist.org. And I'll do my best to share a thought or two on maybe how to respond to some of these situations, qa at lancasterbaptist.org. Let's take a few minutes now and jump back into the lesson uh, that we started last time together. We're talking about being a team building leader. We're talking about how to build the team, not just hiring people, but building them into a cohesive team. And uh, we've been talking about the fact that God calls us together Uh, by his spirit to to strive together. And we've learned that spiritual leaders are team building leaders. In other words, a spiritual man recognizes it's gonna take a team to get this done. And uh, whether it was the Holy Spirit in Acts 13 calling Paul and Barnabas, or whether it's your team wherever you serve. And we've learned that these uh, leaders must be spirit led. They must be uh, servant hearted leaders with the right vision, uh, the right spirit to restore like we talked last time. And uh, all of these characteristics are found in a spiritual leader. So a spiritual leader builds a team. It's his heart to see a cohesive group working in the spirit uh, together. But I wanna speak secondly about the fact that strategic leaders build teams. Strategic leaders build teams. Uh, We're watching a new president uh, select his cabinet. I always enjoy that process. Um, And frankly, one of the more encouraging processes about our new president's leadership has been his selection of this team. And it kind of goes back to the Q&A about uh, a pastor that might not have the softest personality. It's wise for that pastor to bring a good team around him who can represent him and the Lord well uh, in ministry. But a strategic leader is always working on building a team. Uh, someone said a dream without a plan is a wish. And the plans that we have in the local church always revolve around obviously honoring God, but through a team of people that work together. Um, and so the strategy uh, that we think of with respect to this team revolves around certain areas. For example, you need to have a strategy for outreach. Uh, Paul went both publicly and from house to house, Acts 20, 20 And so when I look at the team, I'm looking for people who have an agreement that the Great Commission is not a suggestion, it's a commandment. So a strategic team builder is building a team that has a shared biblical philosophy, and in this case, towards soul winning. Um, And sometimes you're actually hiring a staff member who will be the soul winning director, and that's even more important, that he model that. But uh, it's important that all of us share that strategy. I remember when I first came to Lancaster I went to a printer by the name of Hart Printer and I didn't have a dime and I drew on a yellow piece of paper what I wanted a gospel tract to say and I asked him if he would develop this tract and that 30 days later if he would print 5,000 tracts I would come back and pay him. And uh, he kind of scratched his head and said, well, okay, I'll do that. And he printed those tracks and off I went, God blessed. I paid him 30 days later. And the point is that soul winning has been a part of this ministry since day one. But a church can really drift from its its founding DNA. And so I try to hire people that share those same founding principles. Uh, Then we also, of course, look for a team that has a strategy for assimilation. I need a team around me that loves people, willing to have them to their home, uh, willing to visit them in the hospitals. Um, But assimilation really deals with uh, welcoming them even from the parking lot into the auditorium, inviting them to adult Bible classes, seeing them saved and baptized, getting them into the core class, which is our new Christians class, uh, getting them into discipleship and so forth. People that have a process mindset A lot of our independent Baptist churches, which is what I've grown up in, are not strong in process development. Uh, They are big day orientated. And some of them very mischievously quote their big day as their average attendance. I'll save that for another lesson. Uh, But their idea is they work hard, they get a good group of people there for a big day, but there's no process after that. Uh, There's very little follow-up and discipleship and they wind up kind of browbeating the same crowd over and over again. And, and what we need to do is build uh, healthy Christians who love the Lord and who know how to reproduce and reach others for the Lord. And, and so that whole concept of assimilating people, the Bible says we're to be a lover of hospitality and, uh, and we're to love and nurture people uh, into the grace of God. So we wanna have people who, who have a strategy for outreach as we build our team, we're looking for that, who have a heart for assimilating their people people, they have a stickiness to them as some have said, and then thirdly, uh, we look for people who have a strategy for worship. Now again, when I think of our music director, John Guy, a fantastic director of our orchestra, our choirs, our, our special music, wonderful Christ-honoring music, and, and he has a, a desire for that worship experience to be Christ-honoring and highly inspirational. And I, I want people involved in the, in the ministry who really sing and worship God, who love preaching. And by the way, I don't think you have to have, you know, totally upbeat music all the time to have great music service. And what I mean by that, we sang just last night, when I survey the wondrous cross, I'll tell you what, you hear an auditorium filled with people singing, even a cappella, as we did last night, when I survey the wondrous cross, it was a joy to worship God with our people last night. But my point is that, that we, we are hiring uh, a team and we're bringing volunteers around those leaders who share our common core values, whether it's soul winning, whether it's assimilation, whether it's worship. A third area that we strategize is our educational area, children's ministry, youth ministry, the process of educating. Paul said in Galatians 4.19, my little children of whom I travail in birth again. So you need people on your team that are good teachers. And uh, I think of our children's pastor, uh, one of them is Nathan Burt. I mean, he goes crazy teaching children. He's creative, he draws things, he has visual aids. They love hearing him teach and preach. Well, that's a blessing to me because I want those children to learn the attributes of God. And then of course, as you're putting that team together, you're going to have to have at least one, and in some cases several, who have a strategy for administration. Um, This is one of the hardest gifts to discern And I have some men on our staff, obviously our our, uh, Chief Financial Officer Ben Hobbs is a a strategic administrator financially, Dr. Shepherd our Chief of Staff. These are men that are looking out and saying what needs to be built next and how can we pay this and how can we do better on uh, insurance or these are men in the church side, the ministry side such as Gabe Rule who's thinking uh, who's our next up and coming teacher or how can we reorganize this department. You've got to have people who have a strategy for administration because mediocrity breeds indifference. And we have a couple of areas in our ministry right now that they're not kicking on all eight cylinders. And so we're studying how to, how to rearrange some things uh, to reach out and to move ahead. Paul said to Titus, for this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou wouldst set in order the things that are wanting. You've got to have men on your staff who see something that's not functioning well and have a desire to help it to make it uh, work better and uh, obviously that's something that I sometimes get overly obsessive about. I can see things and I've got to just try to let someone else see it so I can focus on the word. I I love administration but God's called me to preach and so we try to hire people to help with that uh, administration and so you have with respect to team building, you need to have spiritual men doing the team building and then strategic thought and uh, strategic leaders build teams and they're looking to fill the areas of soul winning, assimilation, discipleship, worship, education, administration. And those are some thoughts today on building a team. And when we get together next time, we're gonna talk about equipping that team. Once you bring these people together, what are some ways you begin to train them? And one of those ways might be to get your staff together as several dozen have said recently, and watch this podcast together as a team and then talk about it and I hope you might do that. Let me remind you of a couple things coming up. First of all, our youth conference here at Lancaster Baptist, West Coast Baptist Youth Conference, April 5-7. through I'll be preaching, John Getch will be preaching, Kurt Skelly, our son Larry, several others. It's gonna be a great time for teens. We'll pick you up at the airport. We've got a lot of great arrangements happening right now with respect to activities, but mostly just getting young people under the word uh, in a concentrated setting. That's the youth conference. Uh, set some time aside April 5th through 7th. And then, pastors, don't forget Spiritual Leadership Conference. It's a great opportunity to bring some staff, some friends, to get with some other like minded people to glean and grow. That's on June 12 through 14. June 12 through 14, Spiritual Leadership Conference, right here in Lancaster, California. We'd love to welcome you. Have a wonderful and a blessed week serving the Lord. Until next time, God bless you.